I'm really just looking forward to getting past the 20 miles. So I, that's the longest I've run in our training. And it was like three and a half hours. And I want to see what my body's capable of pushing past that. Will I have a lot left in the tank? I've trained to take in a lot of carbs throughout every hour. And I felt great doing that. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. Today's a special episode because, one, I am sitting right next to one of my lifelong friends, Mr. Jeff McSweeney, but two, I am in Charlotte, North Carolina chilling at my brother's house. Jeff and I are getting ready to run both of our first ultra marathon, the Lake Norman 50K tomorrow morning. How are we feeling? Good. Prepared. Prepared. A lot of of training leading up to this point. Yeah. So we're going to get into everything that led up to this point and then how we're feeling going into tomorrow. And then we're going to recap after the race. So this is part one. If you're listening to this, be sure to listen to part two, but we're going to get right into it. So let's start with how we even got involved in this race in the first place. So if you've listened to this podcast, you potentially know or have listened to the episode with Jeff Augustinelli. He's one of my good buddies in Austin, Texas. He's an ultra runner. And when I had him on the episode, he mentioned that his first race, his first ultra was Lake Norman. And my brother lives near Lake Norman in North Carolina. And when I heard that, I was like, shit, Now I have no excuse. I need to do this race because I'd already thought in my mind, eventually I want to do an ultra. So I turned eventually into, I signed up and then I went on social media and basically posted a story. Anybody else out there want to do this ultra with me? And then I also went into my text threads with a bunch of different friends and asked like, hey, I just signed up for this. Who wants to do it? And at first you said no. I said, let me think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me think about it. But run me through why you ultimately said yes to running this race with me i there's a there's probably a few reasons but one of the first things i wanted to try hard things you are always doing crazy stuff like high rocks you're working out you're super fit i was like this is this would be a good goal to go after it'll force me to train it'll force me to eat healthier it'll force me to be a athlete in a sense because in high school i didn't feel like an athlete college lifted a little bit and then another big thing is man it was it's like it's an ultra marathon i don't even like running that much so i always thought like wow this this sounds cool it would be a very interesting story as i hear in your podcast and all the other like sick shit that you do which makes for cool stories and i'm like well i'm just sitting here in boston not doing much just living my life normally and i was like (laughs) man all right uh let me think about this this would be this would be pretty legit 
you start to feel out some other friends. You're like, would I be crazy if I do an ultra marathon? They're like, have you ever run a marathon before? No. What's the furthest you've ran? Ah, like four miles. And then you come at me with, let's do a 50K. Had to Google what 50K even equal. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let me think about it. <laughs> but I mean, like the biggest reason why I think I chose this was, yeah, it was going to be hard. It was going to force me to be really, really dial in, become an athlete, become healthy. I can't remember what book it said, but like if you, I think it was the force of habits or whatever it is. But it was like, if you believe that you are something, you will become that. And I was like, I'll be an athlete. Bottom line, I think this will this will make me be an athlete and be healthy. So I, I was like, screw it. Let's just do it. I was telling Taryn, my wife, I was like, uh, so I signed up for it. She was like, you did? <laughs> what, was like, her, what was her first response to it? it it's so funny. I... I swear like i try to do some like michael jordan stuff where i'm like she she said i couldn't do it <laughs> she she said i couldn't do it she totally was like you can do it <laughs> and I, I tried to put something else in my head she's like what's the furthest you've ran i was like i, I ran like five miles or four miles like i don't know she's like could you do it i was like yeah of course and then you start asking like other friends and they're asking you like yeah what's the furthest you've ran it's always that question and then have you ever run a marathon before those are the two questions that I got all the time. What did you get? Uh, so I have a little bit different of a crowd. So everyone around me is more like, fuck yeah, like, like you got this. Or I'm the one that downplays like, oh, like, I don't feel like I trained enough and I'm not ready. And I'm, I'm constantly kind of just eh whatever and the people in my crowd luckily in austin texas like everybody is like gung-ho about things like this it's one of the reasons that i wanted to get in the mix uh, of doing it is i wanted to feel what everybody else feels um and similar to you it was i just wanted to step into doing something that actually scared me i think like you mentioned high rocks like that doesn't scare me it's like an hour of time it, yes it hurts it's painful it's it's challenging but it's not something where I could potentially fail. Like you're not going to fail at that. Uh, with a 50k, it's something where I mean, there's so many variables. Like from what we have to pack for nutrition to it looks like it's going to rain tomorrow. Like what do we do about that? And if we want to perform well, I think that's the other case scenario for us is we're not just trying to do it. We do say like, oh, like if we finish, like. That's our goal, right? But both of us are, are high achieving men and we want to perform well when we're out there and we want to feel good doing it. At least to, we know that there's going to be pain, but we want to feel good through that pain. We don't want to, well, what did your coach say? Like zombie walk for 10 miles? He was saying death march for death the last, march. Yeah. yeah, we don't, we don't want to do that. So what that forces us to do is to prepare in a way and basically re reverse engineer, back plan. Like what do we need to do so that we can perform well? And that's what I was after. So if I set a date and I look at, okay, this is the date of this race and I want to perform well and I don't want to look like an idiot, well, that forces me to write down a plan and then stick to that plan versus there's a lot of other things in life that once you hit a certain level, you can just show up and wing. Like if you're fit enough, you can just show up and wing things. And even the, the average person, there's a lot of things, like a 5K. You can just, you can show up, you can walk it, you could wing it, but it doesn't have that fail factor. And that's what I was looking for because in other areas of my life, having an, a son this year, 
I mean, I'm failing all the time. Like, I, I didn't know what I was doing when, like, you just start figuring stuff out. So when you do a race like we're about to do, it just builds that mental resilience. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. And that doesn't mean that showing up every day and, and doing the runs and doing the workouts, you're running through cold right now in Boston. Like, you don't want to do it. So what are some of the things that you've like learned about yourself throughout the process of signing up for something that you've never done before and you've kind of had this mentality of, I've never done this thing. Other people are like, oh my God, you've never even done this. Like, why are you doing this? What has it taught you? Because that's really what people need to hear. Uh, I, the first thought that comes to mind is the doubt of other people fuels me. You can't do it. You're not going to be able to finish this. You, you've never ran a marathon before. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's so motivating to me. And then, I mean, the other great thing is, like, I haven't done anything very hard in my life, quite honestly. Uh, you know, I, you kind of mentioned it. Like, I dealt with ulcerative colitis, and for those that don't know, it's a gastrointestinal disease, and that was probably the hardest thing in my life. I was in college my senior year dealing with just like pain losing weight fatigue no and... you were dying bro okay, like yeah 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 uh, long story you short, were, i was dying you were literally <laughs> killing yourself and you didn't even know it so i'm, I'm gonna give a 30 second story here i have celiac disease i stomach suffered from stomach issues my entire life and before i visited jeff at university of delaware i went to Rutgers, so i'd visit we'd visit each other all the time he would be like yeah, I'm not really feeling that great. I haven't been feeling that good for a couple of weeks now. So I'm thinking like maybe he's had like the stomach flu and then like being a college student, he just didn't take care of it. And then maybe it turned into an infection, whatever. And I show up to Jeff's apartment and the first look at him and I knew I was like, dude, you need to go to the fucking hospital. Like something is really wrong. I mean, how much weight did you lose? I lost 30 pounds. What was the hardest part of going through that? It, I think it's just like taking action. Like you just don't know what to do. Like I went to see ambiguity. Yeah. I, I went to go see the school doctor or whatever it is. And they're like, maybe you're lactose intolerant. And like now me and Taryn laugh so hard at that. I'm like, oh, I just won't drink milkshakes anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, let me see how I feel in a week or two. And yeah, that, that wasn't the answer. <laughs> and then I finally, actually Taryn was, I mean, we were dating at the time and she literally drove from rhode island to new jersey she's like i'm taking you to the hospital if like if you're not going to do anything for yourself because i'm not going to watch you die and so having her was such a blessing and that's why i married her not not the only reason but <laughs> she pointed me in the right direction like you need to go to the hospital you need to figure out what's going on and i mean like the hardest thing you're you're literally just like i don't know what your audience wants to hear but you're literally shitting yourself I mean, they've heard me talk talk about that plenty of times. Perfect. Like, yeah, you're shitting yourself. You're fatigued. You can't eat anything. You just don't want to do anything. And you're like, what is going on? Let me see if I can just sleep this off. Also, I think a lot of us will just see if it gets better over time. Like, oh, I'll make these certain little tweaks and they don't do anything. Like, you need to go see medical attention. Yeah, there's a fine line of, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, you hired a coach for this race, right? I mean, when you're, the the ability to utilize learning lessons from all other areas of life and connect dots is so vital. And when you're talking 
sports and athletics. There's so many principles that also parlay into just general everyday health and wellness of a human being where you mentioned one, like taking action. So if you sit on the couch and just wait for the race to come, you're not going to have a good time. And when you're feeling ill, it only gets worse unless you take action on that. And you, I mean, you learned it the hard way and I've learned it the hard way over my life. How did that learning lesson help you in this training? Yeah, I, I think you said it, like taking action. Also, I, I think like a lot of us, I know like a lot of my friends, analysis paralysis, you literally just go on Google, Google MD. You're just like, what can this be? And you're just racking your brain, but you're not taking any action still. So I'm just looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And I know now, actually, I think you kind of helped me with this. Also, I saw a great YouTube video on some ultra runners and like triathletes, but they were saying like, what's one thing you wish you knew before you went into this big race? And it was like, I wish I had a coach to either help dial me back or to help push me a little bit. And I think like just having a, a set game plan where I agreed with, or at least like I, I knew what I was getting into is so helpful. So you're, you're asking somebody that's already done something ahead of you. And I think that's like such a big, important factor. So the coach, I mean, we didn't always agree with everything he, he mentioned, but for me to have that set schedule that I abided by, honestly, I think I'm pretty good at just following directions. So that really helped. Like he gave me the direction. I knew I could do it. I wasn't going to pussyfoot around. That's a good word. I don't even know why that came to my mind. And, <laughs> and, your head I, at, dude. <laughs> and I literally just was like, let me just do what he said. So it's like kind of like what some of the doctors will do coming back to UC. Like they know a game plan, or at least they have a, a game plan for you of like what meds yeah, to so try. Yeah, just start there. Just, yeah. yeah, go to someone that knows something more than you and learn from them. I think it's like a big, a big takeaway. Yeah. And just continuous learning. I think that's the other the other thing where you're continuously learning about yourself and utilizing yourself as a guinea pig. If you're talking ultras or any type of race, you can't replace the miles. So even if you don't have the money to hire a coach, the first thing that you should do is put a plan together for yourself to increase your mileage and use the simple 80-20 rule that everyone talks about. It's just like 80% of your miles should be slow and steady and get your mileage up and then 20% should really be pushing the throttle and up tempo. I think if you just start there, you'd be so surprised at what you can achieve. And I think that's something I want to touch on here is you went from how many miles was the longest you've ever run before this training? So <clears throat> it, that, uh, let's just say it was probably like four or five miles the, the longest. But then when you mentioned it to me, I went on a really long run. And I just tried to do like a 10, 11 minute pace and I did 15 miles. And I was like, oh, if I could do that, I could, I could do this. And so like just you giving me that. But I will back up. You said 80-20. You do have to build up your leg muscles because, good God, I died after the 15 miles. I was so sore. <laughs> and then I go to like train more for it. And I'm like, you know, could I keep running after this? And my Achilles was hurting. My calves were hurting. And so there, I think if you know someone that has given you a, again, that game plan, like it'll help because you do need to build your muscles. Like you can do this a smart way. You don't have to do it the absolute painstaking way that I probably would have gone through. But the thing that you mentioned at first is as soon as you set in your mind, like you're going to do this thing, 
you did more than what you previously thought you could do. And that's why setting goals is so important because once you set it in your mind, you then go out and like test yourself as the guinea pig. And you're like, oh shit, I'm actually further ahead or further along than I thought I was, or I can do harder things than I thought I could. Mm -hmm. And that's half the battle for most people is you, if you're sitting here listening to this, you are so much more capable than you give yourself credit for. Like you can operate off of little sleep. You can operate off of little food. You can make shit happen that you didn't think you could. And if you just realize that the human body, what we used, the resources we used to be working with or not working with because we would go days without food and we'd have to like run up mountains and shit, that was our reality. So one of the things that I like to tell myself all the time is whatever pain I'm going through in this moment doesn't come close to a thousand years ago of what they had to do. So if they could do it, and I ended up getting here clearly because of people just giving birth over a thousand years, then I can do it too. Like, why can't I? And that's one of the sayings that I think everybody should be saying to themselves, especially going into a new year is like, what can't you do? It's not what can you, it's like, you literally can do everything. But if you don't set that switch in your mind of everything out there, I can do if someone else has done it, or even if people haven't done it, like year over year, people continue to do crazy things, like almost break a sub two hour marathon, which is absolutely insane to me. The human body is capable of so many things. What are you looking forward to tomorrow, like when we're in the race? Because it's going to be five, six, seven hours of doing this thing. There's going to be pain. We're potentially going to be having to deal with rain. But now that we're literally within 24 hours of it, is there anything that you've thought like, is there any problems you're trying to solve or things that you're hoping to learn? Or what are you trying to get out of tomorrow because it's so close right now? Honestly, I'm really just looking forward to getting past the 20 miles. So I, that's the longest I've run in our training. And it was like three and a half hours and i want to see like what my body's capable of pushing past that will i have a lot left in the tank i've trained to take in a lot of carbs throughout like every hour and i felt great go like doing that the other thing is all right we're gonna we're gonna have a little laugh at this one because hopefully whoever you know if my coach ever listens to this he won't just shake his head and just like never want to talk to me again but anyway <laughs> There was a strategy for running 10 minutes and then walking five minutes. And it's basically to keep my heart rate down and my legs fresh. And I remember telling you that. And you go, Dad, like, I didn't come here to walk. <laughs> I was like, I, I love that answer, actually. Like, yeah, I, I don't think I want to walk either. That's just my strategy that, I, you know, he gave me. He's run a ton of these. I was like, oh, man, maybe I should think about this. But honestly, like all the training, I feel ready. I think all that adrenaline is going to just push us through. We're going to just be smart about like how fast we go. But yeah, so problem solving for tomorrow, getting back to it, not going off on tangents. I'm uh, glad you, I gl I'm glad you brought it up because I wasn't going to, because I didn't want, I didn't know, I didn't want to make it like, uh, awkward. Um, but let me, let me kind of say why I said that it's because I think first and foremost, when you're going into a race like this, it's not the fact that I disagree with that strategy. It's just I don't think it's the right execution when you're really trying to get the most out of your life. And that's what 
I'm signing up for and my friends, like I think for you, it's something that I want to see you do is like, I don't want to get to the end of the race and be like, oh, I could have run it more of that. So that's where I was really just, I mean, through text, I was giving you a lot of shit. But the reality is it was just me being like, when we get to the race, let's just figure it out. I'm not a po- like, I'm not going to be stupid. We're not just going to yeah. like be sprinting. Like I know it's 31 miles and I know how to get through something like that. But I also want to leave that race knowing that I, I left a lot of it on in the woods. Like I didn't have more to give. And that's where you really learn the most about yourself. Um, and I've done stuff like this before. So since you're kind of new to it, that's where I was just bringing that approach of like, yes, we're going to walk in certain areas, but like, let's make that judgment call when we're there. If we're feeling good and your heart rate's low, like we're not going to walk. Like that's just, that's just fucking stupid. You have more in the tank to, to give. And uh, we also have each other to lean on. That's the other thing that I think you can't discredit. You can't, when you're going into a race like this, we just don't know. So when we get there, we can figure it out. But I don't want to be, I think a lot of people get so caught up in their strategy or in the game plan. It's old age old Mike Tyson uh, quote. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the fucking face. And I don't want to stick to any plan. I just want to show up. Like, let's see how we're feeling on the day of or another, another great movie is Any Given Sunday where any given Sunday, anything happens. So you got to be able to adapt on the fly. Yeah, I I mean, hey, I also want to leave it all on the all in the woods, all on the trail. I feel like that would you just feel way better knowing that like you didn't want to do more or or else I'm going to have to sign up for a like 50 miler with you and I don't want to do that very soon right <laughs> after. So <laughs> It's like we get done the race and I'm already on my phone like what's the next yeah. race? Oh, it looks like Utah's in a few months. We're gonna go there. <laughs> April. Cough, cough. <laughs> um, I'm pretty good at not being like that, though. I'm pretty good at at soaking the moment. I think one of the highlights for me, and one of the reasons that I pick this race in general, is my my brother and his wife have have an awesome setup here in North Carolina, and seventeen been, minutes away. Yeah, yeah, they've been so kind to open their home to us, and I mean, we did sauna and ice last night. We're gonna just do the same thing today. So I'm not missing a beat with my routine and we'll be able to do that after the race. And it's just good hanging out with family. I, I just reflecting on even just the first day here where we ate dinner and then got to hang out and my son is here with me. It's, it's surreal. Like that's why I'm doing it. And when the race is over, that's what I'm going to look forward to the most is just celebrating that um, over the race. It's just like, we're all here. Yes. Me and Jeff did something hard and, and, and cool and we'll have a story, but I mean, we go back, we've known each other since we were like nine years old. So not many people in life have that. And if you're out there listening to this right now, I mean, I'm 32 years old. Like you can make a friend right now and they could be your friend until 60s. That's the same thing. Uh, so don't don't feel like you're missing out if you don't have friends from like when you're 10 years old because you can make that friend right now. And one of the things that running and, and high rocks has, has brought me is lifelong friendships. And I'm hoping that, because you did something like this, once you're done it and the story that you tell, maybe someone else out there in your family or your friend group that I have, I don't, I've never even met, maybe they start talking to you or communicating with you or you meet a new friend through through this process. So that's, that's really what it's about in my eyes. It is crazy that you mentioned that because I look at now other people on like social media or whoever, like some old friends and you start to see like people doing half marathons. You start to see people doing marathons and you're like, 
good for you, man. Like I'm, I'm about to go do something kind of similar. You get to hit them up, maybe just like catch up just a little bit. And it's so good to see that you both can bond over something so easy, such as running. But yeah, uh, you also start to see like who real good friends are, the ones that cheer you on, the ones that send you a quick text, knowing that you're going to go do something pretty hard or somebody that is like, oh, that's stupid. You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to be around that person anymore. So it's also a good kind of measuring stick. Of it's a like, filter. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I didn't realize that because usually people are just around you like, are you smart? Are you making money? Are you going somewhere? And I feel like a lot of us stop focusing on like, are you healthy? Are you a sane person anymore? Like, oh, do you have healthy habits? Yeah. Do I want to have dinner with you? Like, and would I enjoy that dinner? What conversations are you having in your own mind? It's starting to make me health shame some people, man. I don't know. It's, it might be a bad thing for me, but <laughs> why, why would that be bad for you? I don't know, because there's a lot of people in your life that you're not going to filter out, and you're just like, ooh, you're smoking a cigarette, or ooh, you're doing something else. You're like, so something I've learned is like zero to one. It's, you can't, like, it's a whole, it's the age old, like, forgive, but I'll never forget. So it's, it's essentially when, once you start investing so much in yourself, and you want the same for other people, you got to remember your own self. Like, you didn't go from, you see ulcerative colitis, really fucked up Jeff, who was still drinking when he had ulcerative colitis to the guy now. Like it took a decade. And when we're looking at other people, we never look at them with the lens of like, it could potentially take a decade, but you could be the first seed. And that's what I think a lot of people struggle with. And that's why we have a big divide in the world where, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a large part of this. I mean, we were talking about this last night. I used to be so aggressive in my stance and like how things should be and not just in health but in in business and life and core values and the problem with that is you would never like i love to educate you're never going to get through to anybody if you want them to run an ultra if if someone laughs at you for running the ultra and then you're just like fuck you that doesn't teach them anything and it doesn't help me at all versus if someone laughs at us for running the ultra it's like well why do you laugh at that what do you wish you could do in your life that you're not doing? Like you're, that's ultimately what they're projecting on you is like, I think that's stupid because I have some hard goal that I'm not chasing and it doesn't help any of us. If I just like turn that faucet off rather than just like kind of re evaluating how that conversation is going and asking them like, well, if you're laughing at me for doing this, like why? Yeah. Why curious. is that happening? Yeah. So it's just like curiosity, like kind of cures all. But I'm never going to forget that person for doing that. That's the thing. And you know this better than anybody. I'll be on you. Like, hey, we got to this conversation where you laughed at me and then I asked you why and then you told me some of your dreams. Like, I'm going to text you a month later and be like, what the fuck are you doing about it? You care. <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, that's, that's the fun part for me. It's just like seeing people progress. Yeah. There's no better feeling. There's no better feeling than when my parents visit me and sit in the sauna with me and do red light and at the end of the week they're just like we had a great week like we feel great that that's, is just like you can't replace that that's a that's actually one of the other big things so when i i don't know when probably that mind shift started but like college and then afterward i look at my grandparents and i look at like my mom and i'm like oh, i wish we could just make you so much healthier so you can one stay on this earth longer with me 
two, we can get together and just do more and live a healthier, happier life. And so like, that's another big driver for me. Have you ever I, told I him? I forgot. I mean, I don't do it in the best way. I'm sure like <laughs> most of us as kids and <laughs> I mean, and daughters. everyone knows me to be super direct. I've straight up told my mom, I was like, you see how overweight your mother was and how she couldn't do stuff with us as grandkids. Like, I don't want that for you. Like I have a son now. I was like, you need to get your steps up. I'll tell her straight up. And I, I say like, this is out of love, but I was like, you now know what you're, you're fighting for. Do you want to be in the next 20 years, like having somebody push you around? Or do you want to be the one pushing our grand, your grandkids around? Like that is a choice you can, you can physically make. And just reminding them of that and almost like that tough love, like you become, you're becoming the parent now, but saying it in the right way. That's the thing. It's like, it's less of what you say and how you say it. But I, I think a lot of people, we've gone away from the direct reproach in, in today's society, but I think it does in certain ways, like even if you have to get away from like wanting to be liked in that moment to they're going to, if they're like, if, if Jeff was like, I care so much about you, I want you to live longer on this earth. And here's a couple like seeds for how, for you, how to do that. If you say it to them enough, they're eventually it's going to click and they're going to do a little bit. And that's that zero to one. That's my belief. I think they'll just do, even if it's like reading nutrition labels or like anything, just like something so small, um, and almost connecting with them over that of like, what is that one little thing that they could do and get excited about? Yeah, I, again, I, I don't approach this conversation very well. I get very, <laughs> either I get like too direct and aggressive or I just shut down. I'm like, this is not going to work. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to let you do your thing and I'll, I'll tell you so at your casket. Like that's my, I have a stupid mindset sometimes. But No, I think that's, that's reality. Yeah. That, that is like, I have that mindset too. Like anytime I get frustrated, I think this is a human, human nature. Yeah, especially with people you truly care about you like want to change them in an instant and it won't always happen. You can't change everybody. Yeah. I think the 10 year horizon, if you could change them over 10 years, like a lot can happen in 10 years. Look at you, dude. So all you, all you have to think about is for me, it's just cadence, have more conversations about it with, with people I love. That's what's happened. I just have more conversations on a daily basis around how's your life? How can we do 1% better? One of the things that I actually talked to my mom about, she, when, when I had my son, she was like, oh, like to be 30 again. And I asked her this question. I was like, what can't you do now that you could do at my age? And she mentioned to me, she's like, oh, I could ice skate. I could rollerblade. And she mentioned a few things. And I was like, the problem you're having is like, you could do those things right now. You physically could do them. She's capable of them. But you're not going to be able to just throw ice skates on and just like go out there and start gliding. Like you're, you might need a, a handler for you. <laughs> like you might need somebody to hold you. You might need like walker. one of those like walker things on ice. So your expectations of what you should be when you're on the ice, that is what is off. But if you truly love that thing, you can still do it and you can progress in your elderly life. And that's something that I look forward to in my, as I continue to grow in adulthood is realizing what my expectations should be. And that for this race is a great example. Like we set the expectation of like, yes, we want to perform and we want to finish, but understanding I, for the entire next week, have a vacation pretty much with my family. Like I'm not going to do anything stupid during the race to affect 
what really matters to me. And but then I have to set the expectation on the trail. Like I can't expect to win the race on the trail and then not be able to walk for a week. That's not going to go down real well, right? So it's just like expectation management. How have you managed your expectations? Because you, we haven't talked about it, but like you have a day job, you're married, you have friends, you have other things. How have you managed your expectations leading up to this race in all areas of your life? That's a, it's so funny that you mentioned that one because I had a couple friends that wanted to get together over one of the weekends in November. And I basically like, I, hey, I'm not going to be able to do that. Or when Taryn had a few friends that invited us over, I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. Like, I want to train. I want to mm. make sure I keep to my schedule. Everything afterward, we're good. But like right now, my ultimate goal is just like do well on this race. And I'm that's what matters that. to me. And it's pretty wild, like how you having one goal that you really look forward to and you want to do well. Also, there's like a little hint of like expectations of I don't want to let you down. Like I don't want to. I texted you the one joke where I was like, boy, it's going to rain. Might cancel this shit. Like, but the expectation was that. But you're you still knew what my it. response yeah, was yes. going to be. I mean, I wasn't going to cancel, but <laughs> I just wanted to. Tell, wanted what to, was my response? Uh, honestly, it was, it was something. I laughed at it originally, but it was like, God gives you something <laughs> that you don't want. It's something that you need. And I was like, you're a twat. <laughs> But I was like, all right, whatever. Like, maybe it's true. Maybe I do need to have this even harder than what it needs to be. And again, I think like coming out of this, you're you're going to probably use this as a situation or as a an example in your life. Like, I ran in the rain for 31 miles for five, six, seven hours. It was hard as shit. I can get through whatever now. And so I, I think it's going to be a really good learning experience for us. Mostly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And we're getting close to wrapping up now. Anything that you want to touch on before kind of do the little wrap up here? I would say if you do form a goal, try to stick to it. Don't let other people dictate like why it's stupid or why you shouldn't do it or why you should maybe push off certain things. Like you know what's right. Trust your gut and go with it and do hard shit with friends. I think I I learned that from you somehow. I, it must have been like, have a great story or whatever it was. And I was like, man, I'm just sitting here as a desk monkey, just typing away, playing video games. I was like, this isn't really doing anything for my life. I have so many bigger aspirations. And I think, I think a lot of people do. To 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 run with that a little bit, pun intended. Um, run a lot with that. <laughs> yes. We got like, what, 20, 20 hours um, until... When you, we set this back in like March. When you set the date for something, it becomes a piece of you for a lot longer than just that day. And I mean, we're texting back and forth and sending videos to each other and updating on the things we're learning. Like what gear do we have that's going to help us? What nutrition? It makes life more enjoyable when you do it with somebody, with someone else, somebody else that's new at it, just like you are. And then once you become a little bit more advanced, you can do the same thing and you can introduce other people into it. But I think that's what people don't realize is like, just set the date, like find something that you're passionate about and then do what I did and just put it out into what, Hey, I'm doing this and you're going to have people that think it's stupid, but you're going to have other people that want to do it with you and then create a text pod, create a DM group, whatever you want to do to 
work with each other up to that date because that's what really matters building that relationship with each other over the long run and nobody really thinks about that they only think about the day of like if i sign up this the day of is what matters the most and like that's such a fuck like the the six hours that we're out there is such a minute amount of time compared to how much you put into training and learning and sharing that knowledge and essentially like i have a ripple tattoo spreading that ripple to other people the thing that you did with like saying no to a party you don't want to go to one you then validate like okay i'm worth it like you yourself are worth it but then two like you're married so when your wife sets a goal it validates her like saying no to the external things that she should be saying no to but then somebody else that you don't even realize you're impacting because you said no is now going to think to themselves like damn if they're really about that like what could i be about and I've had that happen so many times to me because I do share like almost everything I do on social media where people will reach out and say, just because I see you doing that thing, it then allows me to say like no to having that drink and instead going to train or I want a relationship. I'm single right now. So instead of like doing stupid shit, I'm going to think, where's that other person? At? I literally was recently at uh, a running expo. It's called the running event in Austin. And one of the guys I used to work with um, and coach he told me that he's now in a relationship and he said, man, you fucking called it, CJ. You told me like to just invest in the things I love. I love running. He, he was working as the head of a running group and his now girlfriend showed up to that group and he's like loving it, the relationship so far. And literally, I mean, that's not the first time I've run community events and stuff where people build a relationship and now they're married. I've had events where people are married because of what you're talking about, doing hard things together, showing up to that class together that I think this is the point I'm going to end on is like hard looks different to everybody. Hard could literally be you've had a long day at work and you say yes to go into that yoga class or getting a massage or sitting in front of the red light or reading that book. It's the little micro decisions we're making on a daily basis. The, the race helps you make the hard decisions, the micro decisions, that's what we've had experienced. But I want to be super clear to wrap this up. It's just like, yeah, we're going to go run 31 miles. That's fucking tough. But life is tough. Everyday life is tough. And the more you can invest in the decisions that are going to help improve your life, the better it's going to be for everybody. 1% better. It's on my shirt right now. That's all you got to focus on, baby. How are we wrapping this? I think that's a good place to wrap. Awesome. So Mr. Jeff and I are approximately 20 hours away from our race. Uh, we went over a lot in today. I didn't want to get into nutrition or anything like that because I want to see how the race goes and then kind of give a recap of what we did strategically on the day of. So stay tuned for that episode where we're going to run through kind of like what we wore, what we ate, how we were feeling, all the things that could potentially help other people out there. My biggest takeaway from this episode is has nothing to do with running. It's just invest in your relationships with other people. Jeff is a lifelong friend of mine and will be for the rest of my life, uh, God willing. And it's just been awesome to watch you progress and, and do cool stuff in your own life. And if there's any other way I can support, let me know. Best way you can support us, though, is to share this episode with anybody that you think needs to hear it. 
or connect with Jeff and I to ask us questions. And we'd love to hear what race you're doing and what you're doing going into 2024, because maybe we will sign up with you. But this is CJ Finley with the Thriving Lives podcast. Thank you for listening. Talk to you all next time. Drive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.